Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. what time that is on Sunday morning, each and every Sunday morning, Suncoast Normal, bringing it to you here to jump in the rotation. That's right. Here we are in the rotation this Sunday, and we got a very special guest with us this Sunday. It's uh, Chris Subtle. Chris is the director of events uh, for Villain Arts, which is the largest tattoo convention uh, corporation company uh, in America. And I would say that uh, they're great partners in the movement, and they've been supporting uh, what we've been trying to do with Suncoast Normal and working to legalize it. Chris, welcome to the rotation. Thank you be here i really appreciate to be on this morning yeah so you know um there is a, a big convention that that y'all have coming up uh this sunday in in, in tampa um, i know you got several others uh, you know around the country i mean you all are always putting on uh, great events uh, you know had a great convention last year and looking forward to uh, this year's convention uh why don't you tell the the folks listening at home uh what they can expect you know i mean uh, i myself have never been to a tattoo convention been in many tattoo parlors but to see so many great artists in, in one area especially uh you know the tampa convention center what can folks look forward to well basically what they can look forward to is an experience like an artist in the world that come in for this and they're very open they're very very excited it's your 50th tattoo or your first one you're gonna find the artist that's gonna take the time with you that's gonna with you in a way that you're not gonna find anywhere else and you'll be able to have access to different techniques anywhere else in the world. We we are a family. You know, we all travel on the road together so that, that you can feel that energy the second you walk in. And they've been taking great care of us with the guild where we run the CBD Delta 8 THC booth that we have there in the convention. And, and see people come in and see their faces light up when they look around at all, all the different things that their artists see the other vendors to start talking to the artists. But I also just love when they have a chance to come by the table so that I can do what I do best, and they deserve to have, so that we can finally get the legalization nationwide that we deserve for the country. Well, we, we really appreciate that. You know, um, with the, the latest developments that's happened recently, um, what do you think about President Biden, you know, extending pardons to uh, those folks in the D.C. area, you know, for their, their marijuana possession charges? It's it's a, it's a proud of the president for following through on promises made, you know, during the campaign. And when it comes. But what I'm more concerned with than what I would encourage everyone, including your state and any other state that's listening, the president did push for local governors to pardon low-level possession charges on the And for example, our governor here in North Carolina, Roy Cooper, has gone on the news a number of times since then said statement, but hasn't taken any action. So we actually have a protest that we're planning on October 12th, governor's mansion, calling for him to stop saying that he is just on board and to use the power that is granted issue that pardon without having to get prior approval from the the NCGA, which is our state legislative body, at that, except for two very rare occurrences when it comes to capital murder or something that's still a civil war, which says something about selling state secrets. Those are the only two instances where the governor does not have. So in this case, he does not need approval from anyone else. And him saying that he is on board with the president's action is an insult to activists like myself and people everywhere that are friends of the plant. So I would start looking into similar protests and movements as well and hold your local and state officials because this is always going to be a state's rights battle no matter what happens federally because even or decriminalize or whatever their next step is going to be there are 
are states that will still take advantage of the site. This. So you, you've got to bring the fight to you on your, your base and use the grassroots movements. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, here in Florida, I think we take for granted the fact that uh, we have a right that you all in North Carolina don't. We can actually put laws through our Constitution, you know, on the ballot and, and adopt them uh, when our lawmakers don't do what we want to do. In North Carolina, y'all don't have a ballot initiative process uh, to make your own laws as people. No, no, we don't. We're what's called a Dillon Rule state, which means that only are to introduce new legislature and, and to make it even weirder that do so on odd numbered years wow 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 yeah. well you know you you got an uphill battle in north carolina we also have a similar battle here in florida we have a governor who you know uh has made comments saying he doesn't like the smell of weed that's why he wouldn't support you know full legalization and adult use furthermore i would say you know Ron DeSantis in Florida, uh, people hailed him early out, coming out in favor of smokable flour. But, you know, other than that, and the question is, what have you done for me lately? I mean, he's had four years to improve our medical marijuana system in this state, and we don't have employment protections because his party has shot it down. He didn't make it a priority. Uh, we, we still have people getting kicked out of their nursing homes and getting kicked out of organ transplant lists for using illegal state-sanctioned medicine. And, you know, and we still you know, need to expand our qualifying conditions in this state. There still are a vast number of people who don't have access to it who should. And so, you know, when I tell people, when they're going to the ballot box, uh, you know, early voting's already starting. Uh, they're already casting ballots via mail. You know, the, in the grand scheme of things, we need to vote for the politicians that are supporting us. And for some folks, that may require them to vote across the aisle or vote against their own party. But we got to stop voting against our own self-interest. We got to stop voting for people who think it's okay to take money from private prisons, who think it's okay to keep locking people up for marijuana possession. I, I do have to unfortunately go here in a moment because I'm actually working on some things for our next bill. So I've got a couple local businesses. But before I go, I would like to say that the other most do is never forget to celebrate the small victories along the way the president thing there's been a wall that's been holding and forcing us to die and every time a speech like this is made or the president comes on and says something or there's a state legislative introduced even if it's not the right bill if it's something that moves the needle forward in the right direction one thing will cause a shock wave that lets another one of those bricks fall and for a moment we get on our face again and if we don't celebrate that, we're never going to have the strength we need to win the war. Change is coming. And I promise you, you this is going to be a battle, but it's going to be won the right side of when it's all, all over. And thank you so, so much for having me this morning. And I look, look forward to seeing his make it out there. Indeed. And so for everybody who wants to join, uh, you definitely want to check out the Villain Arts Tattoo Convention at the Tampa Convention Center this weekend. Uh, you can get your tickets online at villainarts.com and uh, check out Suncoast Normal. We'll be out there uh, with a table. You're promoting it. And, and Chris, thanks again uh, for all the great work that you're doing to support legalization and also for putting on a kick-ass tattoo convention. So we really appreciate you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You have a great day. All right, we'll catch you. Uh, happy to have you in the rotation anytime. See you. So, you know, there you have it. Check it out. This weekend, uh, we'll be at the Villain Arts uh, Tattoo Convention. Again, it's at the Tampa Convention Center, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you're going to have a, a great time turning out. But also, this Friday evening, after you leave the tattoo convention, you got something really good that you can check out. And that is, of course, our Halloween event. Uh, the Halloween costume party, you know, there's a $100 uh, pr prize. With our very funny comedians uh, joining us on stage uh, for the Halloween event in the $100 uh, Best Costume Prize, it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, shout out to DJ Dez and Greg Roy Smokey. Of course, Matt Fernandez is going to have some amazing jokes. The doors open at 7. 
That's right. Doors open at seven o'clock. So you want to get there early. Uh, we'll be wrapping up around 11, but it is going to be an amazing night. Uh, we're going to have comedians hit the stage from nine to 10. Uh, we'll be announcing the winners of our costume contest at 10 o'clock. So you need to be in the building to win the costume contest. Make sure you're there uh, for our costume contest at 10. And then, of course, uh, enjoy all the live music. Uh, there'll be food there, uh, uh, music. We're going to have a uh, some amazing vendors, uh, Cushy Pies, which is one of our, our, you know, our favorite vendors will be there. Uh, so you definitely want to check it out and, uh, and come to Halloween. Get your tickets, suncoastnormal.org. Uh, tickets available now on our website. You want to be there. And again, uh, I'm really excited uh, for putting on Halloween. You know, when we had our last Halloween event, it was before the pandemic. And that threw kind of a wrench in, in kind of, a, you know, uh, the events of the, over the last couple of years. But I'm so excited for us uh, to be coming back and coming back strong. I know folks are really going to enjoy our Halloween party. O'clock this Friday. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there. Uh, you know, I want to just give a shout out to uh, Gary and Carlos. Our co-host, uh, amazing deputy director, and and uh, and of course our our uh, political director, uh, Carlos is usually here, but he's kind of under the weather today. So I uh, hope uh, a speedy recovery. And thank you, Carlos, for always holding it down. Uh, you know his job is not easy being an engineer. So me running the booth here, uh, running the broadcast is uh, is definitely uh, uh, always a challenge. And, and you know Carlos doesn't get enough credit for helping us put on this uh, this show. And then of course, Gary, uh, who is one of the greatest activists, uh, he's dedicated. I mean, that guy, we, we've put his uh, his van through more miles and, and uh, more tires than I can count, uh, going back and forth to Tallahassee and helping make sure that uh, our, uh, our political uh, director is, is making it happen for us in the halls of government. So I just wanna say a shout out to Gary Stein as well, uh, you know, who's not here today with us. Look, team, it's just me solo, but there are a lot of great things uh, going on that I think you should know uh, in the marijuana world and the great news. One in particular is that if you're coming here uh, to our nation's capital, uh, the, our, the mayor of Washington, D.C., uh, recently signed a bill that allows tourists to self-certify for medical marijuana so you can actually visit a D.C. area uh, dispensary. So, you know, residents of the district were already able to self-certify. Uh, under a law that was enacted over the summer. And, uh, you know, marijuana registrations have surged, but now Mayor Muriel Bowser has expanded on that reform and signed a temporary emergency legislation uh, just last Monday that lets non-residents attain a 30-day registration uh, from the Alcoholic Beverage Regulation Administration to purchase marijuana from licensed D.C. dispensaries. And so pretty excited for that. You know, this is a an interesting development. It only costs 30 bucks for out-of-state applicants or at least 21 to apply online and pay a, a $30 fee. Uh, I mean, that's not bad. It's essentially a dollar a day uh, to have access to DC's dispensaries uh, for 30 days. So I'm pretty excited for it. I think folks should definitely try it out. DC also, you know, has an interesting gray area uh, where, you know, folks are able to gift you cannabis, uh, so, you know, there's uh, all kinds of delivery services, smoothie services. There's pop-ups everywhere in D.C. where you can find folks who will be uh, gifting cannabis away. So it's definitely, uh, you know, an interesting place. Always remember, uh, and this is something that we were talking about earlier, is that cannabis still remains a Schedule one substance federally. So, you know, if you get caught smoking, you know, in front of the White House, you know, you'll be one of those people who would get hit with a possession charge that essentially, uh, you know, the President Biden's pardon uh, just took effect for. So I would highly recommend, you know, uh, be safe, be smart, always. Uh, you know, New York has adopted probably the most liberal uh, policy, in, in, uh, in, and I mean liberal in the sense of not necessarily uh, in, uh, when it comes to politics, but that it's the most free policy that you can probably have. Or anywhere that you can smoke tobacco in the city of New York, you can smoke your cannabis. And so I, I find uh, New York is definitely uh, one of those meccas. But from D.C. to New York, we're seeing a lot of change. The, the residents in Maryland. Uh, are actually voting over the course uh, of uh, the next week or so, uh, you know, all the way through Election Day on adult use. So we'll soon see, you know, Virginia, D.C., Maryland, uh, all becoming adult use states, uh, you know, the whole DMV. I mean, the South is one of the last holdouts. 
And in Florida, you know, there is a constitutional amendment right now for adult use that's being circulated. So folks should definitely take the time to take a look at Smart and Safe Florida's adult use measure and um, and see if that's what they want to see here in the state of Florida and making it happen uh, for adult use. And, you know, all in all, people, when it comes to adult use, what we see is politicians really want to cash in, if you will, on uh, a movement on on the train that's already left the station and so you know what i think is is probably one of the most important things is understanding who's genuine and actually want to be a reformer and which politicians are just trying to cash in on the moment and you know joining us to talk more about the politicians is our uh director of public policy gary stein so i'm going to bring gary in here gary how you doing this sunday morning oh fantastic by scaring the shit out of my neighbors. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you could join us. Uh, you know, just uh, had uh, Chris Suttle on for Villain Arts, uh, talking about the upcoming uh, tattoo convention we'll be at this Saturday. But one of the things that we were talking about is celebrating the little victories along the way. Uh, you know, some folks weren't as impressed with President Biden's, uh, you know, pardons. Uh, but the fact is, is that, you know, a president of the United States doing anything for marijuana reform, considering, you know, that at best uh, during the, the Obama administration and even the Trump administration, the policy of presidents was just to leave it alone, to not touch it. Um, and so just celebrating the small victories along the way we think is important. But more than that, um, the fact that the voters have the biggest say right now uh, going to the ballot box this week, you know, with early voting and, and all the way through next week uh, uh, through the election. So, you know, we were talking about here in the D.C. area, uh, you know, Maryland's uh, voting right now for adult use. And the mayor of D.C. just signed legislation this past week that allows tourists now to self-certify for medical marijuana for a 30 days uh, for a 30 dollar charge. You can get a, a access for 30 days to D.C.'s medical marijuana dispensaries. What do you think of that, Gary? I thought about it. <laughs> it's funny you say that you actually have uh gary wrote a bill around tourist reciprocity here in florida and unfortunately we we wind up with uh you know uh the house republicans and, and, and senate republicans uh and governor Ron DeSantis doing absolutely nothing with it and gary your bill if i'm not mistaken you when you looked at the revenue impact could fully fund our our tourism agency here in the state of florida visit florida right out that with a, with the average of 120 million uh, visitors, even if only six to nine percent of the visitors coming in are requesting, still generate approximately 75 million dollars, which is enough to cover visit Florida. Uh, literally, is our our marketing firm for uh, the state of Florida from here to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and the, and the, and the, the tap, which, which doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, and our, our, our thing was all about a $10 fee, not even 30 but you got to get it because they're not exactly as big as Florida. Yeah, I mean, you know, Florida, Florida has what hundreds of of dispensary locations now. DC has what like seven, so there's definitely a a, a lot more in Florida. One of the things that that I found interesting, uh, you know, crazy news up and down the Florida industry, uh, Rise, you know, uh, dispensaries is planning to expand uh, by sharing dispensary space. Um, in the buildings with certain Circle Ks uh, throughout the state. And I know the, the uh, Department of Health uh, recently wants to move forward and, and, you know, they say they haven't approved it. They want to squash this idea in its infancy. Uh, but, you know, comedians always joke that that's where we're headed. Or one day you can get your cannabis, you know, at the gas station at 7-Eleven, uh, you know, and, uh, and and kids and future generations will never know the struggles we went through of, uh, of having to meet with strangers and get into cars and, and talking codes, you know. Uh, make sure my T-shirts don't have seeds in them next time. <laughs> what do you, what do you think? The OMMU has already put their kibosh on that whole plan. It, it, it was uh, Green Thumb Industries' uh, credit for attempting to uh, 
move things forward uh, that truly abuse does things, which is basically they go out and they uh, get permission before they signing off on, and then they move forward. And in, in this case, they just figured, let's see if anybody complains about it. And uh, the the parent in a company of uh, is, is named Kushtard, believe it or not. <laughs> I call it Kushtard because that's probably, uh, it, it, it comes together with uh, with GTI to go ahead and get modest space. You know, they they rent out some of their spaces for uh, for, for Subway sandwich shops, growth space with a separate entrance, of course, uh, uh, to go ahead and, and, and sell Rise Express, which would have been like, you know, a little uh, come and go kind of situation, a little grab and go cannabis issue. Of course, that doesn't exist in a medical market. In the medical market, and and that is at least uh, OMU knock was obviously not a medical issue, and it didn't it didn't comply to the current rules and regulations by the wayside. But I'm certain that that, that Green Thumb Industries is going to try again. The CEO of uh, of Green Thumb to try to come on this today. They were holding up litigation, and on, on both sides. It seems that they're constantly working on litigation this whole industry. And uh, it, the people who are not in the loop are lost. <laughs> and that, and that, 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 that is constantly the, the issue. It, it'd be nice if we had it in a while. But, but uh, that is where they stand on that. And uh, I was glad because at this point in time, uh, it, it's not a good look. <laughs> Who sell that one? Those wonderful products out of gas stations like Spice uh, to have, have a little bit a higher platform for for a medical product that we have it befitting the price we're paying because there's not too many things you can buy in a gas station that each dollar for an eighth. Well, you know, it, it, selling selling boof in the gas station is also, you know, something that folks have, all, have long, uh, you know, had an issue with. And and all in all, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the the uh, MMTCs in Florida, you know, would move forward. You're right. It does kind of cheapen the image. Uh, but also, you know, people want their cannabis now. They want it quickly. One of the things that I found interesting uh, in the Maryland area is that some of the dispensaries – uh, have taken over old bank buildings. So you can actually go through a drive-through and they'll send you over your product, you know, in a vacuum tube so you don't even have to get out of your car. And I think that's one of the most ingenious um, ideas that I've seen. And I would love to see, you know, if, if we're going to have, uh, you know, MMTCs in Florida trying to make it convenient, they should be renovating bank buildings, you know, especially all these old uh, SunTrust buildings that have gone out of business and, and, uh, and, and taking a look there as to you know, how they can make it more convenient for folks uh, to get access to their medicine. Move actually has done that for a couple of their locations, and, and uh, I believe so has Grow Healthy off of uh, US 60 or I 60, whatever it is. State Road 60 it is uh, is also an, an old bank building where you can go ahead and pick it up through the drive through, which is and it, it, it'd be nice to uh, like, like you're picking up your prescriptions. I mean, granted, we, we don't have anybody behind the counter who. Can act like a pharmacist. That that would and even more Samantha's as a medical program because generally you talk to the guys about oh the uh, endocannabinoid system and receptors and how what how best for headaches and what's best for for Crohn's and they'll look at you like I don't know off your ass <laughs> and that that's that's not a medical program. However. Cover gas station program. <laughs> well, Gary, one of the things I was going to say, one of the things with the president's recent announcement uh, in, in, in indicating a shift in cannabis reform uh, has been that folks finally think that the bipartisan bill uh, for safe banking is is finally going to be a possibility. Uh, it's been it's been definitely uh, you know picking up steam, and so you know with uh 
MMTCs and dispensaries be able to legitimately become essentially uh, businesses in this country. Uh, you know, right now they're all operating on cash, but actually being able to uh, deduct general business expenses and stuff would be a big boom to the industry. And uh, you know, the House already has passed, uh, you know, the the Safe Banking Act. Uh, which will allow state licensed businesses to engage freely in, with banks and other financial institutions, as well as the Veterans Equal Access Act, which allows VA doctors to recommend medical cannab cannabis to patients uh, as amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act. And now that that bill is under consideration by the United States Senate. So, you know, if, if it makes it through the Senate version, it makes it through conference, there's a high possibility that uh, we can really see legalization uh, become de facto in the United States. What are your thoughts on that, Gary? I thought that the, uh, the SAFE Act was a slam dunk. I really did. It makes so much sense. They're always complaining, well, you have to be a cash business. And you can't get credit cards. They've been working on uh, workarounds that for many years. It's the old chaos theory. You know, business will always find a way. But I have actually found people who were very up backed, especially those people like, for instance, who are currently running paper for, for giving them high-priced loans uh, that, that are not through the FDIC. Uh, the, they, they, those guys have been uh, making money hand over fist in this uh, non-banking world. Banks will obviously put a, a kibosh on their business. And so they're, they're seeing it, we're seeing it what, as to what happens if you deregulate uh, rather deschedule from, uh, from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 and, the, and Big Pharma takes it over. As, as Right now, if the banks take it back over again, then they're out of business. I, I it, it it always irks me that that seems to be the most important. Most be worrying about access for patients. That's where I got into involved in this in the whole at, at the beginning. But uh, issues are the ones that are constantly driving the market. Just drives me absolutely crazy. Oh, a, a slide just came up here on. <laughs> well, you know, um, one of the things that I think is, and we've talked about this numerous times, the disconnect between elected officials and, and the public. Um, you know, recent polls continue to show the same thing. 67% uh, of U.S. voters say nobody should be in jail for the possession of marijuana. An even greater percentage oppose it, uh, categorized as a Schedule One controlled substance. And, you know, when you look at the breakdown of that, 78% of Democrats and 70% of independents uh, and even 54% of Republicans say no one should be incarcerated uh, for possessing cannabis. You know, voters support legislation to legalize marijuana at the federal level for all adults by similar percentages. And so, you know, with the with you know the the midterms approaching right now, folks already voting. Um, you can check out you know the the normal vote guide that we've put together. Um, you know, check out Normal's Election Center and, and go to Florida. You can check out Smoke the Vote, which is our voter guide that shows you uh, which candidates that we've had here on the rotation uh, that are supporting it. Uh, go back and watch our past episodes. Uh, one of the most important ones, I think, is that uh, the current Democratic candidate for governor of Florida, Charlie Chris, has, has said that if you can brew your own beer in Florida, you should be able to grow your own cannabis. And that is a far cry from the existing governor who's had four years to improve our medical marijuana system and has done nothing to improve it. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about the last thing Ron DeSantis did was give patients smokable flour. But, you know, that was almost four years ago. And you got to ask, what have you done for me lately? What have you done to help people, you know, keep their jobs? Uh, what has he done to help people, you know, actually uh, not get kicked out of their nursing home or, or an organ transplant list? Uh, you know, what has he done to help expand qualifying conditions? Or like your tourist reciprocity bill, Gary, which could fully fund, uh, you know, uh, visit Florida. And the truth is he's done nothing about it. In fact, he's been hostile saying, you know, uh, oh, the smell of cannabis is something that irritates me. And, and I don't think that... That, uh, we should move forward with adult use. Uh, so, you know, we as cannabis users have to really get out of our mindset in thinking that uh, 
politicians who have shown us time and time again uh, that they're not on our team and, and being irrational and hoping that they're going to come around. There is no hope uh, when it comes down to it. Ron DeSantis is not going to do what he needs to do uh, when it comes to the people. And even harder um, is, you know, trying to get these ballot initiatives done when DeSantis is appointed a Supreme Court that's hostile to adult use ballot initiatives. And the fact is, is that there are some judges up for retention, uh, you know, on the Florida Supreme Court uh, that, frankly, you know, we need to not retain. And so I try, highly encourage folks uh, to check it out. And uh, definitely next week's uh, broadcast of the rotation, uh, we're going to be reviewing who you should be voting for and who you shouldn't. So you definitely want to tune in next week. Uh, and, you, of course, you can always watch us live on our website at Suncoast Normal. Also, we're broadcasting live on Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube right now. So, uh, you know, you, there's all tons of ways that you can always join in and jump in the rotation with us uh, each and every Sunday. Yeah. So, I, Gary. Oh, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I see your cat there. So, what's the cat? So, what's the cat's name? <laughs> that is Salem. <laughs> Perfect sense, right? And uh, yeah, he, he, he's our good luck charm. And he, he seems very rich. So, that's why he's constantly jumping on my shoulder, just doing the old Gasparilla thing. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of issues that that we have to deal with and hopefully we'll get the right and the whole concept of what's going to happen federally versus what's going to happen state big, big issue too which is why we've had congressional candidates on here as as well as uh, as well as gubernatorial candidates and i highly suggest you go ahead and check out our archives and this we had a very good interview last week with senator jeff brandis who, who termed out who will no longer last week but we asked him very carefully if uh, if Biden states need to go ahead and follow his lead and start pardoning it will will flee he said absolutely not he said the the, the, the current uh, they don't have any willingness to go ahead and move anything forward they're tired of talking about cannabis we obviously we have we start talking about culture war stuff because that really excites them. Cannabis here anymore, apparently. They again that that has to do with uh, not really looking or noticing. It comes down to the exact same thing. We have ballot initiatives. I mean, I don't need to go to this. We did pass an initiative that will allow ex felons to go ahead and get their their legislature did everything they could to kibosh that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was a, a real heartbreaker. Uh, you know, we worked really hard uh, to get Amendment Four passed to reenfranchise, uh, you know, returning citizens who have done their time and pay their debt to society, and 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 you know, folks were given to clear that they got their civil rights back. And Ron DeSantis created this unnecessary election police force to essentially arrest uh, people for for voter fraud. And the fact is, is that, um, you know, out of all the arrests made, it's been like, you know, a, a couple dozen. Um, and the amount of money that they've spent uh, on this agency, on this enforcement, uh, breaks down to roughly about 190000 per person that we're spending to arrest. And, and then, you know, most of these people uh, were doing right. You know, half of them thought that they had their rights restored. More than that, um, out of those people who've been arrested, uh, a, a majority of them have been African-Americans. So it feels like this is a targeted approach of voter intimidation uh, to try and prevent black folks from voting uh, in the upcoming election. And it, it just reeks of institutional racism and also a waste of our tax dollars. And, and that's the thing that irritates me is when you have politicians who love to tout their fiscal conservatism and they love to tout their their libertarian views on your freedom. But when it comes to this issue of cannabis, what we see from from the conservative politicians is overregulation. We see a high taxation. We see uh, unnecessary bureaucracy. Uh, all the things that they tout to be against, all the things that they accuse Democrats of being uh, uh, most days. And that's what we're getting uh, from, from our conservative lawmakers and from the DeSantis administration. And, and it, it, it's, it's irritating no end. But there is one uh, 
race that is on the ballot that could make one of the biggest differences, I think, when it comes to federal legalization. And that is removing the prohibitionist senator that we have representing the state of Florida. And by that, I mean voting Marco Rubio's ass out of office. <laughs> so you're telling me that Marco Rubio and Val Demings, whom you're not a, a major fan of, but you still appreciate her, you would vote for Val Demings. Val Demings uh, has voted for the Moore Act twice in her time in the House. So she's put it on paper that she supports legalization, um, you know, and she's done it by her votes. You know, her being a former police chief, obviously that's not something that uh, in her personality is like part of her platform and she's outspoken about, but she's done the due diligence in casting the votes when it mattered. And I think that's the difference between her and Rubio. Rubio won't even uh, respond to our emails in a positive manner. And when you do get a response via email, it's always the same. You know, marijuana is a gateway drug. What about the kids? It's illegal. It's all the same, same shit if you will, that we see every single time repeated uh, by prohibitionists. And and I, I was talking to my cousin about this the other day, you know, uh, the fact that Val Demings is very an outspoken, you know, police officer and former police chief uh, at times, you know, feels weird. But that is the choice that America has given us with the two-party system. That is the choice that we have in front of us. This ballot box is a prohibitionist or the police. <laughs> and the sad part is it's the police that is pro-weed in this situation so in the grand scheme of things uh, all in all I think the three words at the bottom of the screen sum it up Marco Rubio sucks uh, vote Val Demings for U.S. Senator in the upcoming election I am still trying to get Val on the show I've been trying with it. obviously she was very busy in, in D.C. and things of that sort now that she's home Guys are listening because I'm certain you're st stalking and make certain that we don't say anything untoward. So uh, we want her on this show to go ahead and, and tout her platform so everybody else can hear it. She did, she did a good job of uh, reaming him a new, a new one during that debate. She uh, Marco on the debate. He he tried to go on the, the quiet side and she was not quiet. In fact, the woman. Well, you. Yes, there have been a lot of debates. Another one uh, that happened this week was Rebecca Jones handed Matt Gates his ass in, in a debate. Um, so I was happy to see, you know, uh, her being out there and supporting what we got going on, uh, you know, here in the state and being uh, pro-legalization and really uh, taking it to him. You know, Matt is one of those politicians, while he's been pro-cannabis, he is problematic to say the least. Uh, with, with you know all the uh, the issues with uh, you know paying for uh, allegedly paying for sex with underage girls, uh, you know cash app and his buddy hundreds of dollars to have uh, you know seventeen and eighteen year olds uh, come party with them. Uh, you know, for someone who's so outspoken about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, I find it ironic uh, that he he's one uh, who's been caught up in the whole uh, sex scandals, especially with uh, underage girls. And, uh, you know, we joke lightheartedly to make, uh, uh, you know, levity of a lot of these serious situations. But someone like that who has been born with a silver spoon in their mouth, who is a, a legacy, uh, you essentially, you know, his daddy uh, helped uh, springboard his career with his father being the former president of the Florida Senate and all, um, you know, really, you, you see that growing up, you see that that, that spoiled frat boy attitude uh, that he displays, uh, you know, on the news, in his interviews, and, and that pompousness, and, and it come back to bite him because people like that think that they're, they're uh, untouchable, when in fact, being in Congress is a sacred duty in this country. It's something to where you're representing, uh, uh, you know, thousands, if not millions of people in, in, in some of these districts, uh, you know, and, and they count on you. They count on you to represent them. They count on you to bring the, the, the bacon home. And, and the fact is, is that if you're too distracted, chasing tail, if you're doing things that are unbecoming of someone who represents the people, you're not you're not doing what you need to do to represent the people. And I think that's why I'm glad uh, Rebecca Jones has stepped up. Uh, some of you may have uh, remember Rebecca Jones. She was the COVID-19 whistleblower on the DeSantis administration. Uh, you know, when she was fired, uh, 
know, from her job with the state for pointing out that the DeSantis administration was fudging its numbers uh, when it came to COVID deaths and really trying to uh, uh, diminish the impact of, of how many lives uh, and, how, and how much danger uh, that we've had uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, folks, it's still they say this much, protect yourselves out there, uh, you know, make sure you're getting your booster shots, you know, <laughs> My, my whole thing about people having uh, concerns about vaccines and what's in it and what causes it. And the truth is that we were able to eliminate so many things like smallpox and polio and, and so many uh, diminishing you know, measles, mumps, rubella, these childhood diseases that were really damaging uh, to the, the lifespan and life expectancy of Americans. And we pretty much eradicated most of these diseases. And, you know, now there's a comeback because there's this pushback in, 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 in science, but also there's this distrust of big pharma. And people were like, oh, what's in the vaccines? I mean, yes, we all have a, bit, a distrust of big pharma, what they put in our pills. But all in all, um, most vaccines uh, are safe. They, they are you know, rigorously tested and such. And I, I just have to say that uh, you know, it is concerning to think that people uh, don't want to do right in protecting uh, everybody else and protecting their loved ones. I mean, hell, go get a flu shot this season, at least, if you're not going get, to get your boosters and get vaxxed. Because uh, as we try to return to normal, we still see spikes uh, in it all. One of the things I found interesting is that because of the quarantine, a lot of children are, are being hospitalized because this is their first time being exposed to viruses. Uh, as we kind of go back to normal, kids actually going back to daycare. A lot of these uh, pandemic babies were not, you know, socially exposed to things. And so uh, that's a big concern. You know, the, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, hospitals across the country uh, where their kids units are, are, you know, overfilled right now uh, because kids are sick. And so, like I said, take care of your families, wash your hands, uh, still wear a mask if you're going to be around a lot of people. Just protect yourself and your health. I mean, Gary, you got a master's in public health. Is there anything that I'm saying that just is not basic, you know, public health science 101? You're absolutely correct. I mean, there, there is a uh, uptick right now of the RSV virus back when she was uh, very young, when she still had a trach in her, in her neck and had to get ecomycin for a long time because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deadly virus that kills 50% in young young children and it's out there and it's growing in the hospitals right now so we uh well, as far as uh, uh, <clears throat> the other situations i i would hate to even think but if you ever hear uh good recommendations that you think are the recommendations from our store you might want to listen to some other surgeon general from some of the states <laughs> we don't we, we have a vaccine denier essentially in charge of the health department for the state of not making me comfortable at all. In fact, he wrote an article that was exposed in QAnon theory, which shows you exactly where we stand. This is one of the guys who was actually one of the frontline doctors who agree with the lady endometriosis coming from having sex with demons in your sleep and all this kind of stuff. Dr. Surgeon General. This is the guy who's supposed to be looking out for our health. I don't think he's looking out for our health, and of course, the Surgeon General is in charge of the Department of Health, who's in charge of the so that is where we stand. And that is just basically the mouth that is put in 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 place. And, and I wish that they they, uh, they they fix that. <clears throat> we really need to have a better understanding of uh, of public health. To to and and speaking of health, we have we have one member of our, uh, our <clears throat> Southern Coast Florida family who has, has a birthday today, whose, whose health has always been in and out, but she's uh, Jamie Howe. Happy birthday. <laughs> she's out there. I want to make sure all of us, uh, Monique and myself, of course, you wish her a happy birthday. And moving forward, and I know that she's pretty soon, so have fun with that. And I, I've done my due diligence as far as that's concerned. Uh, you know, Gary, thanks for, for giving a shout out uh, to our, one of our members, Jamie, for her birthday. And I think, you know, it's sad to see that um, someone as important as the Surgeon General of the state of Florida uh, is a politicized position. You know, uh, politicians 
if they're smart, appoint people to positions that are not going to get tell them what they want to hear, but that are going to give them the truth and that is going to give them, uh, you know, decisions that they need to make for the better of the people. And that's not what we have in our current Surgeon General. We have a rubber stamp for political culture wars in that person. And when your Surgeon General, who's in charge of the Department of Health, which is in charge of our medical marijuana system, is anti-science, that is a major concern for every single medical marijuana patient in the state. And it is not shocking to me that we have such an anti-science medical marijuana system when it comes to uh, the allotments that patients are, are given over a 35-day period. I have fielded multiple calls from our members and from other patients. We've seen it across social media. They've basically made it to where you can only get two grams a day to smoke in the state of Florida as a medical marijuana patient. And I can tell you, two grams can get smoked up in one joint, you know, more or less. So the fact that you can only get two grams a day of smokable flour as a patient without having to go through all this, all this rigmarole and, and, and with your doctor and having to get extensions and, and, and allotment uh, waivers and such, I mean, frankly, it's just bullshit. If we had a governor who was doing what they needed to do, if we had a surgeon general who was not anti-science, if we had an OMMU that was not filled with political appointees and bureaucrats who don't know their head from their ass, uh, you know, we would actually have a robust system that works. But that is not what we got under the DeSantis administration. For four years, all we've seen is ineptitude. For four years, all we've seen is a constant uphill battle. It seems like they got their their their, their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 when we go up there to Tallahassee and tell them, patients want this, patients need this, pa this is how we should be doing things. You know, here's a comparative analysis of four other states that are doing it right. Why can't you seem to get your shit together? And and again, it's, it's the same issues time and time again. So if we want to see robust change in Florida, we have to change our politicians like we change shitty diapers. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely need some, some tweaking done to government if we're ever going to get this and other important issues off the ground. I mean, issues in regards to uh, people who, who need medical assistance at home. Uh, handicapped or have, have severe disabilities, uh, these guys are supposed to be getting a certain And because they weren't uh, properly looking at the Medicaid program, a lot of them are going to be cut to increase their, their pay to $15 an hour, which was promised to all state workers. We, uh, a lot of people who rely heavily on these home workers who won't have them, and that, and that includes a lot of who have these people to help them get out of bed in the morning, things of that sort, get them into their chair so they can actually be independent. And uh, we have to get this damn shit fixed and spend pay more and pay more attention to the patients. And <clears throat> one of the other issues that, that, that I know is mine is that this this state still has very much a character when it comes to our MNTCs and we have a lack of an open market. Lack it means oftentimes uh, quality dips because there's no need for to worry about the lack of competition. And of course, the quality also suffers too because why bother push for higher sales if you really don't have any competition? And so, well stated for a long time, and the licenses are, have not come forward in 2017. We now we, we had. Uh, set it up so we would get uh, new uh, new thousand patients. Well, we're pushing almost eight hundred thousand patients right now, and we still haven't put out a single, not one, one single application for medical cannabis. All the applications, all the licenses, are to CBD only organizations. After they after they either lost that in two thousand fifteen, or they lost it and they got the license anyway. Many hold off to uh, multi-state operators now who are, again, often just like with GTI or with all due respect, figuring that, you know, they can do what they want, like going forward, like trying to put it in gas stations and things of that sort. But I've learned is that one 
things that we had discussed in 2017 was that we had to make certain that we were here in this state. Now, by minority presence, I'm telling you that isn't right now. There's only 2% ownership, minority ownership of, of minority businesses. Four, it's now down to two. And we were supposed to have, uh, by the uh, grace of license given out, one license given out to minorities in 2017, and they and they screwed that up. They 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 they've despite the fact that the application process didn't actually open up until March of this year, applications were put out. <coughs> it, 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 uh, they, uh, the winner five months later. And that winner, because of all the litigation going on over all the other applications. Now, in the last run, a lot of the losers got got, got uh, licenses, which I guess was a good thing considering the answers otherwise. But if you take, take a look at some of the challenges that are involved in almost challenging it for one reason or another, uh, uh, like for instance, there's this, I believe that they, uh, the guy is a, a Canadian footballer, but it was under the uh, guise of his uh, grandfather, who actually died after the application was put in. And uh, so they said that they can't award a license to a deceased person. It would work just as well. Moreover, any interest that Hopkins had in an MMT ceased upon Mr. Hopkins' death. However, the lawyer are arguing, and I love this one too, regulations do not specify that the death of an applicant while the applicant is pending. Is so you could have a dead owner and still have a license in the state of Florida as long as you talk. And they also managed to double the cost of the, uh, of the application. We started out with, with the 60000 now it's over 130000 Luckily, uh, Saying if you lost this, you'd automatically go into the next uh, batch of licenses being given uh, without having to put out another application fee. But this whole thing has been a thing. They also had another person who applied who was 99 years old. With respect to the, to the uh, centurions out there, how many of you are able to run a Virtus business? I would venture to say none. Well, Gary, that's a symptom uh, of the of the process itself being so um, corrupt that you know it wound up you know with this Pickford class um, that folks didn't get their initial shake when we initially uh, uh, you know licensed out MMTCs, and so you have um, you know African American businesses uh, really just trying to find anybody who qualifies under Pickford so they can have a shot at this very limited scope license. Uh, which only one is being given out, and what you pointed out uh, has double the licensing fee than the original MMTCs, the big five that, that came into Florida. So all in all, the system has been something that uh, has had its challenges. And, and you see these things like 99-year-old farmers applying for a license because that's the only shot black-owned businesses even have uh, to break into Florida's uh, uh, cartel-like uh, vertically integrated system. So you're absolutely right. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted us to talk about before we wrap up the show today, a uh, couple of, uh, there was one big study that really is near and dear to my heart that just came out in the Journal of Frontiers in Aging and Neuroscience out of Geneva, Switzerland, the administration of plant-derived cannabis extracts with a two-to-one ratio of CBD to THC has been shown to have behavioral improvements in dementia patients. Um, you know, and so the, the, they were looking at uh, 12.4 milligrams of THC to 24.8 milligrams of CBD per day for dementia patients uh, over a 13-month period. And they showed marked improvements, uh, including reduced agitation, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, limited adverse drug reactions, as well as uh, better sleep. 
And I can tell you as someone whose father suffered from dementia uh, for many, many years and medical cannabis was the only thing that relieved any symptoms, uh, to actually see hard science coming out and showing that it is it is really uh, doing what the United States government has a patent to do. And that is help patients with strokes, uh, with dementia, with other ischemic issues uh, to really have that relief that they need. So the science is there uh, that cannabis helps. And what irritates me, like we've shown before, is anti-science politicians maintaining the status quo. And now it seems like the status quo, uh, Gary, you touched on this, is being maintained for corporate profits. And that is something that we cannot allow. Corporate profits cannot hold up the legalization movement. We cannot allow corporate profits to hold up adult use. We got to move forward. We got to push through this. We got to make sure that we have a system that is opening up uh, to everybody. And in that note, there's been a bill filed recently, and I just want to go over this. I'm going to share my screen for the folks at home uh, so they can see, and we can talk more about this. Uh, but this bill has been filed in the U.S. Uh, uh, Senate and House of Representatives. It's uh, it's it's a uh, you know in the uh, Congress here, and it is called the Small and Homestead Independent Producers Act of 2022. And this will allow for small cultivators and manufacturers of marijuana to ship it in the mail over state lines. So this, you know, essentially will allow some of those boutique and mom and pop shops uh, that we see uh, have the opportunity uh, to move it across state lines. And, and it will take effect on the date in which marijuana is removed from the list of scheduled substances under the Controlled Substances Act. So we already see members of Congress really setting up for uh, nationwide delivery here uh, with this recent bill. Gary, what are your thoughts on this bill? proactive and actually creating a piece of legislation that, that, that will only take takes effect. It, it may be a political move at that point in time because it can't current day and age, but uh, it, it's a good thought in the right direction. Uh, that are the issues in regards to the 14th Amendment and, and states' rights and things of that sort as to, to move things across state lines if you can't move things across state lines. And so I'm certain it's set for a lot of challenges. But hopefully that means it'll move forward and that when we do have if that ever happens, then we'll, we will actually have a, a system that makes sense. And seeing more interstate uh, transfer because we have some states right now that are so overproducing. Yeah, Oregon has a glut right now. Prices are, are dropping there significantly because it's the state of Oregon. There's only so many millions of people and they have, you know, so many people able to grow and cultivate. Um, you know, the state of Hawaii is one state's government that has been proactive. They're ready to, you know, as soon as we legalize it to become the distribution hub uh, for United States cannabis uh, to the entire, you know, uh, P Pacific Rim area. And more than that, you know, uh, I would find it uh, great that if we could sample some of these, you know, land races and strains that are grown in other parts of our country, uh, you know, that's the unique thing about cannabis. You can take the same genetics and grow them in Florida versus grow them in Colorado versus grow them in Hawaii, and you'll get three different outcomes uh, uh, on the plant. You'll get different colors. You'll get different cannabinoid contents. And I think that is awesome. I think that is something that uh, we should have, you know, in that variety, especially when uh, those different uh, – characteristics of the plant help for different reasons for different people. So uh, all in all, I would like us to have a more robust and open system. Uh, and the only way we do that is by removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. So, and the only way we're going to get that happen is, is if uh, we essentially uh, change out these shitty prohibitionist politicians in this, in this next election. I mean, that's the only way we're going to see it happen. If for some reason, um, the prohibitionists take back control of either the House or the Senate. Um, you know, we're not going to see any movement for the next two years. And then, you know, try to kick the can down the road to 2024 or even 2026 to those midterms. I mean, how many more patients have to die? How many more people have to sit in jail? How many more 
lives have to be upended before we, the people, do what we need to do and vote these politicians out of office. And like I said, it starts with getting rid of Marco Rubio, and it starts with getting rid of Ron DeSantis in Florida, and uh, to vote to not retain uh, 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 you know, most of these Supreme Court judges uh, that we have uh, coming up on the ballot. And as I said, if you're not sure uh, exactly you know, who to vote for and, and who you want to be on your team, you can go to the normal election center and see the recommendations that are already on there. But next week's show... Uh, Gary, myself, Carlos, we will be, uh, you know, recapping all the great events from the weekend, but we're going to take a deep dive into who we should be voting for. And we'd like to extend an open invitation again uh, to U.S. Senate candidate Val Demings to come on the show and, you know, uh, espouse her platform and tell us more about what she's going to do in supporting, uh, you know, the, the legalization and civil rights of, uh, of cannabis users moving forward. And if you want to support the show, support the rotation, you go to patreon.com slash Suncoast Normal, uh, become a member to keep this show on the air. But more than that, also uh, become a member of Suncoast Normal. We're doing everything we can uh, to make sure that your legalization needs are met, that you have the latest info, uh, that you know what's happening, whether it's this bill that uh, Representative Huffman's putting out for you know nationwide cannabis distribution, or whether it's you know understanding who's a prohibitionist and who's not in this state. But if you can become a member of Suncoast Normal for just $25 a year, you can make all the difference. Let's say, uh, you know, you're like, hey, yeah, I want to be a member, but I want uh, some more bank for my buck. Well, guess what? We got our Halloween costume party coming up. And everyone who buys a VIP ticket will not only get uh, access uh, to the Halloween event uh, with a VIP gift bag, but also a one-year membership uh, to Suncoast Normal. So that is an awesome way to renew your membership and also have a great time. Live entertainment. And we're going to have uh, some awesome comedians uh, with live music. There'll be food. There's going to be vendors there. Uh, shout out to Cushy Pies, uh, who's going to be there. And again, it's $100 cash for the best stoner-themed costume. So come on out. Check us out. You're definitely going to want to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Gary, how about you? Are you excited for the upcoming uh, Halloween party? <laughs> I can barely contain myself. <laughs> It's not crazy because I often not. <laughs> well, you know, if, well, well, it's you know, not everybody might be able to make it out to the Halloween party. Maybe that's not folks' forte, but I can tell you what is my forte and everybody's forte. The best blunt in the Bay rolling competition is back, baby. November twenty sixth. This is Thanksgiving weekend. You want to be at Chillum. Mushroom and Hemp Dispensary, and we are going, the tickets are on sale live now. If you want to be in the rolling competition, if you want to enter as a contestant, uh, you know, our previous winner of the Best Blunt in the Bay, the Weed Whisperer, is coming back to defend her crown. If you think you can unseat the Weed Whisperer as the, with the Best Blunt in the Bay, you should definitely join and enter the competition. We also have uh, a team competition coming up uh, with this. So if you got a team of four that you want to enter into the Best Blunt in the Bay competition, then by all means, join us. Uh, you want to be a part of this. You want to, We want to make this happen. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you just want to come and, and check it out, you know, we got general admission tickets available, also VIP tickets available, which will come with a VIP gift bag and, again, a one-year membership to Suncoast Normal. And all in all, I think the best thing ever is to be a judge because the judges not only get to look at the blunts, feel the blunts, but they get to smoke them. So if you want to be a judge and you want to be a part of the Best Blunt in the Bay Rolling Competition, I highly encourage you uh, to join us. All proceeds go to criminal justice reform. Uh, and again, this is going to be at Chillum Saturday, November 26th. So you want to be there. Look, uh, I'm pretty excited. Today was a great show. I want to thank uh, Gary. I want to thank Chris Suttle for Villain Arts. Again, uh, you know, great things coming up. So join us for the Tattoo Convention uh, this weekend in Tampa at the Convention Center. Of course... Halloween, our costume party, and then 
Go on to suncoastnormal.org and get your limited tickets right now. Uh, hurry up and get those. Judges tickets are limited. There is a limited amount of spots for judges and for entry into the competition. So sign up your team before today or enter yourself in to the best blunt debate rolling competition. But all in all, uh, check us out, suncoastnormal.org. Follow us on social media. Uh, we're here doing everything we can. If you can support our page uh, in this broadcast, go to our Patreon page, support the rotation, and become a member of Suncoast Normal and be a part of that movement. Again, you can go on our website right now and uh, sign up for a VIP ticket for one of our upcoming events, and it will renew your membership uh, automatically for you. Uh, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and share. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like and share. Again, you can download past episodes across uh, you know, the, the spectrum of social media, whether it's Facebook or Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. You can go into Pandora. You can always watch the rotation live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, uh, or you can go to our website. But again, uh, tune in next week. Go to our election center as you're filling out your ballots this week or going to early vote and find out which candidates you want to support that are supporting us, uh, that support legalization. And again, in all things, let's make it happen. Join the movement. We appreciate you, and we will catch you next week in the rotation. Love and peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. All by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.